Number one, afford yourself the pause, the sacred pause. See what comes up. And from there, create from a place of knowing. This is the Live Into Your Brilliance podcast with me, Al Kenny, and my partner in crime, Mark Billows Bilby. This is the place where we shine a light on the brilliance and the truth of the human condition, whilst blow up the illusions that get in our way. How are you doing, pal? I'm well, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've survived uh, a weekend where it was my son's 17th birthday and he had 30-odd of his teenage friends around for some carnage. But uh, So I'm feeling quite grateful to have come out the other side pretty much unscathed, um, which is good. So now I'm good. Looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, well, um, I know Finners. Uh, Finners has been raised right, so it doesn't surprise me that it was a uh, an orderly affair. And I'm sure you had lots of fun. And uh, congrats on your your big boy hitting the big one seven. Yeah, I'm not sure it was an orderly affair. He's been raised to be smart enough to make sure he cleans up the mess before we got to see it. I think it's more like that. But that's still raising him properly, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so on to today's topic, um, which I'm just going to pass over straight to you because you've had something that's, that's, I think, been bubbling up for a while through different conversations we've had, and today feels like a really good opportunity to explore it. And so rather than me try to... Uh, introduce it in any way. I'll kind of just pass it straight over to you, and 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 you can take it away, and we'll see where it goes. Cool. So th- today's topic is is all about um, the the art of practice and and then taking action. And the reason why I feel quite passionately about this is because. Uh, in the work that I do and and the conversations that you and I have both had. It's it's fascinating for us to see how the theory of what we keep pointing to in terms of our innate brilliance comes up in different guises. So it's cloaked in religious language or philosophical language or uh, spiritual language or practical language. And it's all... A, different flavor of the same thing and it's it's great and and I love it I mean intellectually it's you know it's I'm curious and so I, I love seeing different representations of it but it always comes back to the same thing for me it's like okay great theory's done like how do we put this into practice how do we start to live this observe it tweak it dial it in play with it um and 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 feed it into you know into the drinking water, and so it becomes part of our DNA and part of our our rituals and our habits. And I get the same question from from people that I work with, whether it's groups of leaders or people that I'm coaching or 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 what have you. It's like okay, uh, enough with the theory. Like, but how do I actually do this? And so. So that's part one. And then the part two is what does action from that place of awareness look like? And um, and so this, you know, you mentioned this the other day, this concept of the lightning path. So I want to kind of touch on that as well. So so let's start with um, with the how. And, you know, we, 
we have gone back and forth on this, but my my practical advice for people when I really distill it down is this concept of the sacred pause. And and what I what I and I I think I got that term from Amy Jen Sue's book on the leader you want to be. But I've heard it somewhere else before. I've uh, or a version of it. But when we had Mavis on and she was talking about, you know, being being able to recognize that you've been triggered or recognize that your feelings or your emotions are telling you something and then being able to sit quietly and observe and then act from that place of quiet rather than act from that place of noise and what I tell people in fact I had a great example the other day I had a, a guy come up to me and say hey I'm I'm about to play in my club championships for golf really good golfer and uh, and he said I'm I'm really nervous and I get in my head because all the people that I'm competing against you know they played golf at Stanford and they played golf at college and they were on the team and they could have gone to the PGA, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, I'm just a local boy playing at his local club. And, you know, I'm, I'm defending my title because he, he won the championship before. And I said to him, and he said, what do I do? And, and I said, what? And I'm, I'm summarizing this because he's, he's had the benefit of, having lots of conversations with me um, through some of the, the teamwork we've been doing. But in essence, what I said was, wouldn't it be wonderful if you could acknowledge that feeling, name it, so name it as insecurity or fear or anxiety or whatever it is, whatever you're, you're observing about yourself, and taking a sacred pause and not allowing yourself to engage with that thinking, which in Mavis's words is making you dumber. And when you take a step back and you observe and you don't engage and you sit quietly, the feeling starts to dissipate. And then you, you have this kind of sense that, Oh, okay. I was, I was just that was just insecurity playing on on my nerves and I feel good because I'm I'm just going to go out there and have some fun and enjoy doing what I I love doing. And so that was an example of like some practical advice of how you know Chris could go and face this challenge. Um but when I when I think about it for for anybody, and I think about it for myself, this concept of the sacred pause is just so powerful. What you do in that pause, and how you how you find yourself, whether you're breathing or meditating or or just observing or sitting quietly or laying on the couch or going for a run, whatever it is, that's entirely up to you. You got to find your blend. But this concept of just pausing and observing yourself from that place before springing into action, 
I think is so powerful. And it's, and, and if I could give anybody listening practical advice, it would be that is practice when you know you've been triggered and you know you've been triggered, uh, take that pause and see what happens once you've taken that sacred pause. Uh, see what insights come up, see what action you take from that place. And I think that's just a great way to kind of get into it. So I'm going to stop there for a sec. Mm. Well, yeah, I was just thinking about the actual practice of that. I love the idea of the sacred pause. And for me, the practice is saying nothing or doing nothing. You know, and it's in the same breath as the sacred pause. But it's often, you know, that for me is hard sometimes. It's take a pause. And there's almost that, okay, and then what? And it's like, and then nothing. Like say nothing and do nothing until you start to feel yourself settling back down and something new will appear. Um, and so I wanted to, like, the, uh, you know, I remember I've uh, been at an event with Dickon Bettinger and um, I'll put a reference to Dickon in the show notes for anyone that wants to kind of check him out in more detail. Dickens like a really cool guy. He's like a, as Mavis and Dickin and, um, but he was telling stories at this event about, you know, essentially the sacred pause. And he was telling the story about his daughter was going to a prom or something like that. And she's like, oh, we're going to drive me and my mates. And she wanted to get permission. And he said to his daughter, I'm not going to speak to you about this now. And his daughter started to as I recall, the story was almost saying, oh, you never want to talk about these things. And he said, no, I do want to talk about them. He said, I just know that nothing that's going to come out of my mouth right now is going to be helpful to you or to me. So he said, I'm going to give myself some time. And he said, because he was having all the thoughts that a dad would have. It's like, there's no way you're driving. Everyone's going to be drinking. It's going to be a disaster. But that was his thinking in the moment he was feeling that. And he said he went away, waited to calm down. Then he came back and said, right, now I'm ready to hear you. And she told him the entire plan as he was listening. He went, wow, I think that's a fantastic idea. And he had a couple of suggestions and they had a great chat. And it kind of went off better than he could possibly imagine. And I think it's, um, I think that for me is part of, if we call it practice, which not, saying anything or not doing anything when you have such a strong urge to do it. Because when you've been triggered, it, this is a non-trivial practice, like the choice to say nothing. And because on the other side of it, if you do say something or you do act in a certain way when you're in the basement of your thinking, you generally create a mess that you don't have to clean up but actually that would be the flip of the practice as well. It's like sometimes you're going to be triggered um, and this can be in a work context. It might be at home life. Like the reality are none of us, the reality is that none of us are perfect. And so when you're triggered and we've all been there and we've just not caught ourselves and we say and do things that as soon as we've calmed down, we go, oh shit. And then for me, the practice is one of owning it. And saying, hey, I'm sorry, that was not 
appropriate or whatever it is. And then still having the conversation, perhaps, if there's a conversation to be had, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. But the conversation will have a much more profound impact when it's coming from that place of calm. Um, so I do, I really, um, I really like that. I guess the other thing that comes to mind for me off the back of that, and I do this now most days, but not like I'm not perfect on it, but, but I have really gotten into the practice of journaling in the mornings. And the reason why I do that, I've realized, is that when my thinking is in my head, it's quite tricky to shift it. But when I let my thinking come out of my head through the power of a pen, and I don't really judge it coming out, I'm just curious, it might be in a bad mood, I might have had an argument with Sean, my wife, or I might be thinking about the business and getting caught up. If I just write out my thinking, like just, you know, oh, I'm feeling this way and I can see it. And I've had moments where I've been like, oh my God, that is actually ridiculous. Or what has actually happened as well is when it comes out of my head, there's space for new thought to appear. Something new can emerge because I've shifted the thinking along. And so now it's like, oh, what do I make of that? Or what do I think? And, and new, new, fresh thought emerges. And more often than not, that allows me to kind of settle down just on my own, just with a pen, paper. Um, and I find that hugely powerful. And then I get very aware of what I would love for that day to be, you know, because your wisdom kind of comes through. And it's like, well, you know, because we all want to have good days and good day. You know, if you have good enough good days, you've got good weeks. And if you have enough good weeks, you have good months. And so for me, the practice of creating each day and not worrying about anything else other than that day is hugely powerful. And you kind of prime yourself for what you're talking about. Like you're primed and you've tapped into your awareness before you've engaged with the world at all, really. So I'll take a breath there because that's... That makes perfect sense to me. And I love the concept of, of journaling in particular because I think, you know, just the very art of actually concentrating on writing down your thoughts, I think, shifts your your focus and it and it's it's an it's a you can call it a neurological trick, but you're focusing on something other than the thoughts that were making you dumber. Um and I think journaling's very powerful for that. Um and it and it brings in a whole new voice and perspective and 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 um awareness which i think is which is very powerful um but the you know the example i'd love to just kind of throw out there is you know road rage like it's my favorite example <laughs> um, like you can be driving and and somebody is either driving super slow at a time when you're trying to get somewhere quickly or somebody cuts you off or somebody just is driving really, really badly. And for some reason, we latch onto this and we make this a thing. And and almost out of nowhere, there's this physiological and emotional reaction as a result of this stimulus, uh, this trigger, 
that causes us to behave in a solely irrational way. I mean, it is just the most bizarre thing. I mean, people get killed over this. It's it's like it's 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 incredible. And what I've noticed myself doing now is nine out of ten times I will now be triggered and I will I will then actually almost instantly find myself smiling going ah okay this this person is doing the best they can with what they have or or maybe there's an alternative story here maybe they just got a horrible text from their kid or from a loved one and they were completely distracted and that's why they're driving badly or maybe they're driving really slowly because they lost and they that they have that horrible feeling of just being in a neighborhood where you don't recognize anything and you're maybe you can't get your gps to work or you know whatever whatever it is but i just find myself saying it's okay like it doesn't matter and to your point, then I don't have to do anything. I just have to enjoy the drive because I love driving and I just love observing the world around me. And and um, it's it's fascinating to me how that pause between the stimulus and the response allows you to completely take the emotion out of the equation and and it allows you to diffuse it in a way that just feels so good and but one time out of 10 i will use some very colorful language to describe the driver in front of me or behind me because i slip into that and i allow that stimulus to just trigger me in a way that you know, I I come from a very noisy part of my brain. But the interesting thing is, when I look at it after the fact, I only ever do that when when I'm in a in the basement of my consciousness. Because when I'm in the when I'm halfway to the penthouse or I'm in the penthouse, I don't care how badly you're driving; it doesn't really bother me. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I want to pick up on two things that you said there. One, I just want. Uh, and uh, it might be semantics, but I think to me it's important. You said um, you allow yourself, you know, to be triggered. And I just think, no, n- no, you don't. It's just one time in 10. You don't catch it for whatever reason. And because I think the reason why I wanted to pick up on that is because we're not getting it wrong when. <laughs> when we're triggered and you know we lose our minds temporarily and the air turns blue with expletives coming out of our mouth and then we calm down and we're like oh shit what happened there it's like oh i lost i lost my mind like it's as simple as that but it's it's not you know oh how did i allow that to happen and the reason i wanted to share that is because i think that's sometimes the trap that people fall into with this stuff is that it's like you become aware of it and then you think you're getting it wrong because you know that you know that that's like you're doing it and you know that you had the warning signals it's like why didn't i catch myself how did i allow myself to do that and it's like no 
there's no amount of practice in the world that is going to make you perfect. Like there's no such thing as we're all perfectly imperfect and there's no such thing as a perfect human being where there's just this divine practice and you float through life as this kind of pseudo-human, pseudo-spiritual essence that everyone's like, wow, that's just not on offer. And so, but what I think I take, what I take out of what you said though is that the more you practice, you know, at some point you were not a one out of 10 it might have been at some point you're like, you know what, I was a seven out of 10 for losing my crap and three for, for kind of staying calm. That would, that would be my personal experience. Um, and so the practice allows us to um, see how we evolve over time and that our awareness and our grounding deepens. So things that might have triggered us in the past, just like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's okay. Like you said, it's okay. And that was the second thing I wanted to pick up on here, which for me, what you're pointing to is the practice of acceptance. Because whether or not it's road rage or work rage or, you know, take it. Like I was just thinking, yeah, you know, sometimes, because sometimes someone just cuts you up. And it's like, well, it's okay. And it's just okay because that's what's happened. And and what you demonstrated so beautifully is that when you take a sacred pause, you can allow yourself to pl to play with the idea of oh, what else could be equally as true? You know, let's say the initial thought is that bastard has done that on purpose. And it's like oh, well, what else could be equally as true? Well, it could be equally as true that they're trying to dash to an emergency. Oh, yeah. What else could be equally as true? Oh, they're doing, they're, they don't know the area and they're not from this country and they've just seen the turn at the last minute. Oh, yeah. And so you suddenly, that starts to calm you down because you, you're demonstrating there that you're becoming more suspicious of like, oh, hang on, that's probably not, that's not definitely true. Um, and I think when you translate that into, let's say, a work environment, it's that that is one of the practices that I think you can get into, which is when you're taking a sacred pause, that can be a good question. Uh, what could be equally as true as what as what's the dominant thing that I'm reacting to? So let's just say, I don't know, a salesperson misses their, misses their target, or you know, and it's like, my God, you know, they're lazy. And it's like, oh, what else could be equally as true? And when we do that, we come back to humanity. We come back to our compassion, I think. Because, you know, judgment is of others is uh, like that's a place that is holds no gold for anyone. So we've got to like really be curious about our judgments, I think, and go, oh, hang on. Like, what is what is in this for me? to see so that's uh there were the two things that struck me in what you what you said there and and i guess um you know when we're talking about a practice i think we can be talking about physical practices like journaling like you know and taking the pause and then i think there's just practices of like having almost like countermeasures counter things you'd be like oh hang mm. on i know like mm. if i can just remember to 
think well, what else could be true it can just slow us down a little bit um and that slowing down is is part of the gift yeah and and look there's a lot more you can do in terms of practice um you know just the the wonderful as you get better and better this the wonderful art of staying in the present through noticing and expressing gratitude and engaging fully and giving your time yourself time to engage fully with whatever task whether it's you know a work related thing or a family related thing or a, uh, exercise or you related thing or whatever it is but just immersing yourself in that and just really enjoying it for what it is not what it could be what it might be tomorrow or what it was yesterday that is a that's a lovely part of this practice this this evolution but just switching gears slightly you know coming coming to the action piece and it's all interrelated but i mean you, you know you said something so lovely the other day about this concept of the lightning path and you know when you when you in that moment when you when you've when you've taken the sacred pause you you know, you've uh, firstly you've noticed um when you've been triggered and you know even just being aware that you're in the basement is a massive win because you're aware of it um and so noticing that you're there taking that pause doing nothing and then operating from a place of knowing rather than from a place of intellectual noise results in some kind of insight and i love what you said about you then have the free will to either act from that or not and often when you do act from there you you're putting one foot in front of the other on this lightning path because that then leads to the next insight which leads to the next insight and you're just following your knowing um along but you know you may decide that there's no action required and that's okay that might be the 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 path you choose but i i think just you know it's kind of rounding out the the practice piece for me is number one afford yourself the pause the sacred pause see what comes up and from there create from a place of knowing or or not but but recognize that you have the free will to either act on your insight or or wait for the next one and i just love that and i think that's kind of rounds out the picture for me in a very simple way you know if i had to distill it all down it's it's that for me and that's what i that's my practice on a daily basis is feel it recognize it take the pause and then where do i go from there rather than trigger it get triggered don't see it get triggered react vomit and then clean up the mess well you know i'm glad you brought up the practice of action you know it might look like that everything we're talking about is 
how to come out of the low mood and then it's come out of the low mood and, and from there you take action. But I think what we're also pointing towards or what I see as being hugely powerful is the practice of taking action in the most creative of senses. And like I don't mind what anyone calls this, whether they call it their inkling, their gut, their intuitive wisdom, their knowing. But every single person that I've ever spoken to is really familiar with, you know, the whispers that they have of of taking a step in a certain direction that feels really compelling to them. And yet at the same time, they're, they're often quite hesitant because they worry about getting it right and they worry about if it's going to work and they worry about what other people will think. And, and they get caught up in trying to predict the outcome of the action versus trusting in whatever action as it shows itself to you, then step in that direction and find out, see what happens to your point. Then you'll have another insight or you'll just open yourself up to a new perspective because you're actually taking action in the world. And so a simple example of that would be being in a meeting with your peers and a question comes to mind that you would really love to ask. And the practice would be just asking it in spite of any insecurities that emerge. A bigger example of it would be, you know, having an inclination to go and explore a whole new career and actually going and exploring it. And I use the word explore on purpose because rarely does our wisdom show up as being this massive shift. It might be, you know, like, I guess if I was to take my example, it's like, oh, I really love the idea of coaching people. And then it's going and exploring, taking a course in coaching. You know, you do things before you might make a big shift, but where we'll often catch ourselves out because we don't take any action because we try and decide up front, well, I better decide up front whether this is the right action for me to take or not. And what I would say is the practice is take those small steps because, and you've pointed out, you mentioned it before, because that is the lightning path. And if people said to me, the lightning path to where? I'd be the lightning path to exactly where you need to be. Where's that? I don't freaking know, but it's on the other side of the action. Um, and the slow route there, like the slow boat, is to deny yourself the actions that are going to keep emerging over and over again. And eventually you'll take them. And you'll be exactly where you need to be, and that's fine. But the lightning path is available to us all. And we just get too busy-minded and get lost in the idea that, no, it's it's me and my intellectual horsepower that needs to figure it out. And I was like, well, I think I'll put my faith in the horsepower of the universe that kind of flows through me and seems to work out really well for me and everyone else when I just take those steps. Um and that's a that is a simple practice but it's not always the easiest because some of those small steps can seem a little bit daunting uh in our minds so it's a it's a trust and faith thing as much as anything else but it's a bit like your road rage example you know you don't have to be 10 out of 10 you might start with and go you know you might be a 1 out of 10 at the minute in terms of following your intuition so just try and nudge it up to a two. Run some experiments and be like, oh, wow, I did speak up in that meeting and actually I got a really good response or 
you know, I, I did go and do that course and, and actually I don't want to do that. And that's great to know. Or, and because if you get to a two out of 10, you might then try and think, well, I wonder what it might be like as a three, because this isn't, it's not about, you don't have, it's not about being one or a 10. It's about the practice is all about opening up the possibility and that's what maybe what I would, maybe that's the point I would finish on for me today, which is this practice isn't about getting anywhere or being perfect. Practice is about the possibility that's on the other side of it. It's, it's getting really curious of well, what would happen if I just did this a few more times. And, and to your point, it is about just doing it. Mm. You know, you know, if you, if you think about, the the notion that probably a lot of us ship with a fear of failure oh well, what if i what if i get it wrong or you know what if i if i screw it up and it's, it's like no that's not the point the, the practice is just having a go because the more you have a go the more you learn and you know there is no right or wrong here there's just the experiment and if the if the you know if the beaker blows up and sprays concoction all over the lab, that's okay. It's like what did you learn? All right, so next time, um, you know it it'll you'll you'll do it slightly differently, and and you just take these little bits with you, and you see so much. But if you allow the the noise in your head to dictate the the lab session. Um, you, 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 you probably won't even, you know, you won't even light the Bunsen burner. And so you've got to just, sometimes you've, you just got to go for it. And, and then you see something you're like, oh, and you almost find yourself exhaling and you're going, oh my word. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. I, I, I think I just caught a glimmer of the lightning path there. I think I'm, I'm going to put the next foot in front of the other and, um, and go again and and it's and it's an amazing what you see when you do have the courage to to step into that uh, in, into that cave i mean we we had a wonderful session um with lindsay cap um recently and you know that notion of the 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 thing that you desire most is probably in the in the scariest cave and you have to go explore it and it, for a lot of people i think just just taking that first step and and trusting and surrendering to to the insight is is very daunting very very daunting but it's it's also can be magical and to your point it's it's never let anybody down yet um and uh it's impossible to to not win from that place mm -hmm. if you uh, if you open open to seeing. Well, yeah, no, I agree, and maybe that is. I was just thinking that might be a, a follow-on topic at some point, which would be looking at like that fear of failure and future and everything else. Because uh, I would encourage anyone listening to this just test it out on the small parts of your life, just. Just get curious about some of the places that we're pointing to here. Uh, you know, uh, the way I think about it now is like this is, 
the practice that we're pointing to here is about living from freedom uh, versus living in feardom. Like that's actually how I think about it now. Most people are living in feardom. That's the kingdom they live in. And they desperately want to get out of it, but it's like they're trying to figure out, well, what do I need to get and do? And and it's like, well, it, this is it. You You are free. But the practice is taking the action from that place that's you have to be free and and the more you practice being free the more you will be you'll feel freedom and the more you practice which is like what we're always doing is practicing whether we like it or not the more you practice holding back and living in fear the more you will stay in feardom it's harsh but true I just love Thich Nhat Hanh on this, you know, he, we, 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 uh, he always says it's all about practice. Mm-hmm. It's great practice. Everything you do, your breathing, your noticing, your gratitude, your quiet time, your interactions, your delight in meals, your delight in interactions, everything is all practice. And the more you enjoy the practice, the the richer the experience, even when it's great suffering. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing lens on uh, on what is. Mm. So, brother, we, on that note, then uh, I'm going to ask you: What is the bumper sticker for life for today's episode it is practice your way out of feardom cool i think there's more i think there's more for us to be had in this topic i think we'll come back to the topic of practice time and time again Uh, because it can go uh, I, i love that practice is the root out of feardom and there's so many different topics and avenues that we can look at just within that, knowing that that simple truth sits at the heart of it. But then I think there's an opportunity for us to take some of the illusions and see, well, how do you blow them up through practice? And maybe we'll come back to that another day. Um, but cool. That wraps up this session for today. Thank you for such a an interesting topic. At least I found it interesting. <laughs> and I hope you are absolutely and I hope you know the folks listening are inspired to just go and try that those very simple things that we mentioned um, as a as a means of of just getting in the lab and and uh, and having some fun with this because the more you do it the more you see and the more it grows um, and it takes on a life of its own so I hope that was useful for everybody cool all right brother well i shall see you on the next episode and until then goodbye to you and goodbye to everybody else all right cheerio chat soon